The Go Radio Football Show, building up to the new season. Let's go! Paul Gunny here Monday night with me, two superstars of Scottish and UK football in the 21st century, Barry Ferguson, who's normally with us on a Monday. Barry, good form. Great to have you back this evening again. Yeah, looking forward to it tonight. Certainly, we we obviously who you're going to announce who's on with us. So, yep, looking forward to the show, Paul. Indeed, Lionel Messi joins us tonight live. <laughs> it's the worst kept secret since uh, Celtic went to sign Brendan Rodgers the other week in Mallorca. No, we're delighted to say the man who delivered five of Celtic's most recent titles. It's Neil Lennon is with us. Neil, good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Go Radio. Well, thanks for having me on. How do you fancy Gary's Nice to see me old sporting partner Indeed, there. He's yeah. looking well. Looking, looks like he can still play. <laughs> You're two chatting away okay. I expected to be a little bit fiery beforehand, but no. no. I was on the pitch between us, but off the pitch we were... We got on really well. Yeah, I always say that um, before the game I always showed them um, a lot of respect and after the game there was always respect, but as Lenny just says there... During that 90 or so minutes, yeah. um, we played with, for the teams that we, we supported as kids and we were desperate to win games of football. It's a great night to have you on, Neil. It always would be, but of course, Brendan Rodgers unveiled officially uh, at the weekend and uh, he's the new manager in the slot that you were in, on two occasions. So you went back to Celtic as manager because yes. people say don't go back. But um, like when a club like Celtic yeah. come and ask you again, you know, I think Brendan was going to take a year out you know having spoken to him last week he was thinking of you know t- taking a year out of Mallorca but obviously you know the call came from Celtic and they were obviously very persuasive in bringing him back so I think it's it's good for Brendan and it's good for Celtic What did you think of the reception from the media because you've faced us all so many times over the years well, what did you reckon? Look it was always going to be difficult just the way Brendan left but I think he handled things as well as he could have and um, now it's just you know about getting on it and getting down to business and getting players in and players out and building a squad for what he wants to do in the next three or four seasons. Well, if you want to speak to Neil or Barry, 0808 17 17 700, or you can join the conversation at Go Football Show. And Barry, quite a few questions coming in about you two, about the past, and your thoughts for this season. It's going to be some season, isn't it? Michael Beale's first full season in charge, uh, and also Brendan Rodgers, the new manager at Celtic. But really sad news today, we heard it there and go, that at the age of 82, Craig Brown, brilliant Scottish manager, it died this morning. Um, we all knew him. We were lucky enough to know him. And Neil, you played against him many times. And Barry, he's a special man in your life, giving you your international debut. Yeah, it was obviously sad news to hear it the early this afternoon. Um, I've got a lot to thank him for. Um, he gave him a Scottish debut um, in '98 against um, Lithuania. Um, very good coach tactically, um, and an even better person. Um, I've met him over the years at various dinners um, and he, he's a guy who I had a hell of a lot of time for. So, yep, Scottish football, I've, I've lost a, a legend, a manager. Um, and as I said, it was very sad news to hear it. We didn't realise at the time, did we? But it was a purple patch. You know, we'd qualified yep. 82, 86, 90. Um, and then it was 96, the Euros, and then 98, France. Yeah, I mean, I think he was 15 years as uh, I'd been involved um, in the Scotland setup, and he took us, as you mentioned, there to the Euros and then to, to France '98, um, kicking off the, the World Cup against um, Brazil. Um, so, yeah, he, he was an excellent manager, um, not just for Scotland, but he ov- obviously managed um, 
Motherwell and, and Aberdeen as well and, and was um, pretty successful there so yep he was a top manager but most importantly he was a, a top guy as well Paul and so enthusiastic Neil you were at that game you were telling me I was yeah 98 the opening game of the World Cup Stade de France it was a great occasion you know and um, I think Scotland lost an own goal in the end mm-hmm. you know John Collins got a penalty to equalise but the, the occasion was brilliant and Craig created all that I can only echo what Barry said I, I love the guy and you know met him many times when he was managing Motherwell and Aberdeen and great football guy. So I I am very, very sad. You know, the news today was, you know, a bit gutting. I saw him about three or four weeks ago at the PFA and he was up on stage with his old sidekick, Archie Knox. Yeah. You know, the great football people who had a vast knowledge of the game, but as Barry touched on as a man, mm. you know, he's just so effervescent and, you know, good to be around as well. And they loved him not only at Scotland, at Clyde where he started. Mm. I remember when he sold Pat Nevin to Chelsea and he phoned me and said, Paul, 90,000, that was all we got for Pat Nevin. Went on to have a great career. Uh, they loved him at Motherwell. And at Aberdeen, he was on the board, Barry, for many, many years. Yeah, um, as, as we said there, he had a successful time at Aberdeen and then he was he was on the board um, as well. But the thing that got me about Craig Brown, um, he was always wanting to talk about football, but mm. he was always interested in how you were getting on in your life what you were up to um, he was a special special man um, so as I said it's a very sad loss uh, for football in general it was a life well lived though wasn't it he lived it to the full Neil <laughs> yeah he did yeah um, we were talking about old managers you yeah. know earlier on you know your Hudson's and your Neil yeah. Warnick's and people like that and I think Craig got the job at Aberdeen when he was 68 you know what I mean something like that and then obviously he stepped onto the, the board and I think he was a great sort of sounding board for you know, people like Derek McInnes and, you know, some younger managers. He was good with me, you know, yep. always having a chat after the game or even during the season, maybe giving the all call just to get his thoughts on a few things and uh, he was only too, you know, welcome to help you out, like. You must have had a few Barneys as well, both of you, with him, especially you, Neil, if you were up against him. But he was such a nice no, guy. You, I think it was yeah, left. It was very, very yeah. rare. Like, you yeah. know, Archie would sort of <laughs> have a wee snipe now and again, but no, very, yeah. I'd never had a fallout right. with Craig. I had too much respect for the guy. Yeah. I loved uh, Archie as well, didn't he? They were a great double act in Aberdeen. He came in our programme last year and he spoke about his time when we, we came so close. Barry, when you were there, well, let's hear what he said on this show last year. Quite honestly, the, the England team, when you looked at it and you saw their the midfield, Beckham, Ince, Scholes, Redknapp, guys like that, and by far, I'm not saying it because Barry's on, I said it when he wasn't on the programme, I said the best player in the park by a mile, Ferguson was the man of the match, without doubt. Neil, that wouldn't surprise you. Was that the Wembley game, Barry? Yeah, yeah. yeah that was, Scotland were awesome that day. Yeah. I remember watching it. Um, probably didn't play as well as they should have done at Hamden. The schools right. got the two goals, but at Wembley, like uh, Christian Daly had a great chance with a header. Do you remember? And he, right. Anywhere else, it was a goal, and he, he headed it straight at Seaman. Now, if it had gone two 0 to Scotland, yeah. I think England would have collapsed. But it was a hell of a performance, yeah. and Craig was right. Barry was outstanding that night, and he was that type of player. He could play in anybody's company, really. The, the, the first game we were disappointing England to beat us at Hamden 2-0 and, and you know what it's like after you get beat you walk into the dressing room but one thing about Craig Brown was he kept the spirits high and he says listen we're going down to Wembley he, he won that game and um, we certainly did we put on a, a brilliant performance and as Lenny just says there Chris and Dale the last um, three or four minutes had a header and David Seaman made a, an unbelievable save um, but as I said he as a good man he was a real good coach as well he knew how to set yeah. up a team at times we weren't great in the eye to watch but we were really difficult to beat 
And we're just seeing the pictures on Sky, obviously, about the death today of Craig Brown after a short illness in the air hospital today. The family have thanked everyone for their messages. Um, and you used to joke because he was at Rangers, Barry, at your old yeah, team. Yeah, I, I was yeah. listening to Sky Sports today. He started off at Rangers and obviously mm. he played at Dundee. I think he won the championship at, at Dundee as a, yeah. a player and then obviously went on to manage at, at Clyde and then... There he is there, see him. Yeah, yeah. was it Sir yeah. Alex Ferguson that took him to Mexico? Yeah. 86 and that's when he got into the Scotland setup, and then he was assistant manager to Andy Roxburgh and then obviously he got the job full time and then went into um, managed Muddle in, in Aberdeen so he's had a, an unbelievable um, career um, he's a guy who knew the game inside out Paul so your memories I, I, yeah. um, I didn't realise like he was going into teaching after he finished playing football yeah. uh, he was a lecturer at Co Craigie College Air yeah, yeah. and he was a uh, head teacher for a while and just I was looking at his career today. He didn't play that much, you know, but then he went to education and then obviously the coaching side of things. He also had a great time at Preston, Barry. That's right. Yeah, he was down there. At Preston, yeah. You know, when Moisey, he, he took yeah. Moisey under his wing and I'd mm -hmm. say Moisey would have a lot to say about Craig and the influence that Craig would have had on Moisey's managerial career. I'd forgot. And I remembered he was there, so he influenced him before Moisey then went on to Everton. Everton. Yeah, because yeah, he got the pre I think he got the pressing job up. It was sort of like a succession thing. Yep. Billy Davis as well, people like that, you know, Craig would have had a big influence on their careers as well. And there he is, we see him on the telly just now with uh, Andy Roxburgh as well, he was his assistant. And then there he is, the day he was appointed manager of Scotland. So we'll talk more about Craig during the programme. If you want to talk Scotland as well, what a performance last week. He must have loved that. He helped us just a couple of years ago in the Kilt Walk and we drove him, drove him to Aberdeen one day and full of stories some of them about you two actually is that right? I, which we might reveal in the next couple of hours no he was just yeah, just keeping you know, him quiet it was a, <laughs> it was a three hour journey <laughs> yeah it's brilliant actually isn't it to see all the different uh, pictures there of him Score Radio Football Show special tonight two hour special with Barry Ferguson and Neil Lennon so far Neil everything going okay yeah Ten so far, so good, Paul. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, no bad language so far. No uh, two foot of tackles from Barry under the table so far. So we're okay at the minute. There's no such thing as a closed season, is there? Really, Scotland last week since I last saw you, Barry. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Yeah, it I, continues. I, the dream. I'll be honest with you, Paul. I'm really enjoying watching Scotland. Um, look, the, the Norway game in terms of the performance wasn't great, but they, they kept going. They got that um, goal through Lyndon Dykes to get the equaliser and... Um, they got the winning goal a couple of minutes before time. And then I thought the Georgia game, albeit the weather was horrendous, I thought some of the football on show was excellent. I thought the midfield, the Callum McGregor, Billy Gilmore, Scott McTominay and McGinn. I mean, that's four top, top midfielders in my eyes. Um, and we're <laughs> in a real good, good place just now. And I think we've got the right man um, taking us forward in Stevie Clark. You're not even without mentioning Tierney, Robertson and, and Hickey. You know, yeah. the quality players. Young Poaches has come in and done really mm -hmm. well. So there's a good balance to the team. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, many points do you think they would need now? Four? They guarantee yeah, I mean, it. Got Cyprus. Mm -hmm. I you know them yeah, well. I, I think there. It'll be stodgy in Cyprus, but you know they've got enough quality to beat Cyprus away. And then I think they'd only need maybe a point. And you have to remember, Norway and Spain will take points off each other as well. Mm -hmm. So sure. Scotland have put themselves in a... A brilliant position. We can't blow it, can we? We're going to go I don't Germany think so. next I don't, summer. I think yeah. they're too good mm. now, you know. I think they've got so many good players, you know, Premier League players, and a lot of players who have started their careers here in Scotland 
and then made the move down south. You know, it's a real good time for Scotland at the minute. Would you enjoy international management? Aye. I'm asking because, you know, with Craig dying today, um, we're just thinking about a career there. You're what, you were fi- Happy birthday yesterday, Neil. I was, yeah, I was 52 yeah. yesterday. So, just 52. Oh, no. I don't know where the time goes, really. Yeah. In, in my head, I'm still 30, like, you know. But, um, but could you see yourself international management? Maybe? I think um, I'd miss the dead, I do like the dead of day stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of an addiction that we all have sometimes, you know. I'm sort of 600 games into my career. I'd like to get to 1,000, but it's becoming more and more competitive in the industry. But if an opportunity came up, it depends on the country as well, obviously, and what sort of project they would have in front of you. Barry, you're not missing it, though. No, I'm not. And I had a chat with Lenny about it. He's obviously still keen to, to get in, but it's getting even harder to try and um, get, a, get a job. But listen, he's won trophies. He's got great experience as a player and he's also got great experience as a, as a manager. Um, so I don't think he'll be out of, out of a job for much longer. Listen, if it, if, it, if time was called today in my yeah. career, I'd be happy, Paul. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because I've had so many great experiences with the football. But as I said, 52, I'm sort of in, in that middle bracket, not mm. a young coach and not an old coach. Sure. I'm sort of in that hybrid but, moment. So I still think my best year's in front of me if an opportunity comes up. Well, the CV... I haven't checked it with you. You won five of those titles for Celtic. You've won it 11 out of 12 seasons. You won in 2011-12, 2012-13, 2013-14. Then it was Ronnie two in a row. Brendan Rodgers, the next two years. And then when, when you took over, what was that like the day you took it? Was it the Hearts game? It was a really cup, tough cup yeah. game. Yeah, so uh, Brendan Rodgers just disappeared. Yeah, so there's a lot of acrimony and, you yeah. know, a lot of upset. And um, I think it was about eight, ten games to go in the season. And, you know, you're coming into a team that had won everything. So you didn't want to change anything and just try and keep it rolling as best you could. Obviously, you want to put your own stamp on it, but at that time, you couldn't do that. Like, you know, because you always worry that it could go wrong mm-hmm. and you just try to keep it rolling over the line. And to get the treble against Hearts, that was probably the most nerve-wracking game of my, of my life, really. Like, you know, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was yeah. just so much riding on it. And in the end, they got over the line and um, it was just relief more than anything else rather than sort of jubilation. Then when Brendan left, then you took over. You won the cup as well. It was the treble as you mentioned? Um, you won nine in a row in yeah. 2019, uh, 2020, and then that COVID season. I heard you on Go Radio News today talking about it. You said Celtic could have been 13 in a row. Barry, come back in in a minute. But do you really believe that? I mean, the COVID year was just well. It's, we've never known anything like it. Yeah, it just changed everything um, for us as a club and for the players. You know, there was no sort of money out there because there's no expenditure coming into the clubs and the, the, the plan was to move some players on and you couldn't do it because nobody had any money and then yeah. you had an unsettled squad you know we're trying to bring players in but you couldn't get out to watch them live so you're doing it off a video screen and then we had a lot of problems with people going down with COVID and protocols being broken and that. so yeah it was a really surreal sort of time and totally abnormal Barry for Rangers what do you think they were getting better obviously Stephen Gerrard's year three but it finished badly for him just before Covid but they came back completely rejuvenated yeah and listen there's a lot made where um, listen me as a player I'm sure Lenny would say the same thing I like playing under pressure I like playing in front of 50,000 and obviously at Celtic part is 60,000 maybe that helped um, helped Rangers um, but Listen, COVID was a, diff- a difficult period for all football clubs. There's, there's no doubt about it. It never helped. Um, so, yep, listen, you're, you're just going through all the trophies. Um, I was cursing Lenny when he was winning the trophies <laughs> as the, the Celtic manager. But that's what I said. Look, if any clubs are out there and, and, and think about it, he's, he's won trophies a pressure, in a pressurised situation. 
because um, you go in there and you're the spotlight's on you sure um, the demands and the expectations that both Rangers and Celtic is absolute huge and people don't understand um, the situation you're in at times I was quite fortunate though because like I'd, I'd finished my career and then going into coaching under Gordon um, and then coached the, the reserves under Tony Mowbray so I knew the club inside out so I got the interim job and then eventually got the job the first time so there was sort of like a, a good sort of progression and understanding of the club and the expectations had been part of it for the last sort of 14, 15 years so in that aspect I knew what was coming mm. but still it doesn't you know it doesn't prepare you for it it's good yeah. being a first team coach and assistant manager yeah. but when you're in the hot seat it's uh, it's totally different but one that you embrace and one that you enjoy Did you think you'd be a manager? Is that what you wanted yeah, to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, yeah You, you always yeah, did yeah. yeah, from Leicester I mean I worked with yeah. some great managers yeah. like you know Martin Gordon Howard Kendall when I was young, Dario Grady at Crew, you know, very, very lucky to work with some great managers and you, you learn so much about the game, the tactical side of the game, the international side of the game. So, yeah, I always wanted to go into the coaching side of that afterwards. Jerry is on Insta saying, Neil Lennon, thank you for all you did for Celtic. So, oh, you're very nice welcome, Jerry. Paul on Insta, do you feel underappreciated by the Celtic fans no, that's, for the time that's, as manager? No, that's unfair. Like, you know, um, I just deal in the facts. Yep. So my record will stand up with anybody. So I don't need to sort of go down that road. Yeah. And everywhere I go in the in the town or the city, people sort of, you know, give me a warm handshake and a pat on the back. Sarah on Insta saying, the toughest team, Rangers team, you faced either as a manager or as a player. Just uh, throwing them that out, would you have know. been uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that early period, the 2000, 2003, right. You know that Rangers team. So you got Barry, yeah. you got two guy. Yeah. You got Ronald De Boer, you got Arthur Newman, you got Stefan Clausen, Goal, Kinesia, Lovenkrantz, Michael Moles, uh, George Alberts. You know, you could ram them off. They're all world, Tori Andrea Flo, all world class players, you know, and the games, the pace of the games and the quality of the games were uh, frenetic, you know, yeah. and very, very high quality games. And your concentration levels had to be so high. Despite the fact you'd Sutton, you know, Larson. Oh, we had a great yourself. team as well. Yeah. yeah. Two but two top, top teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's one of the ones. Uh, there'd be one game where Celtic would absolute batter us, and then the next old firm game, um, we would do this, the, the same to Celtic. But one thing about both teams is that there was a hell of a lot of respect here, yeah. certainly before it and after it, but during it, there, there, there wasn't. And some of the, the calibre of player that was on show was um, outstanding, Honestly. no doubt about it. How would you do? How would you fare? I'll ask both of you this. How will you fare against the current team, current Celtic or Rangers team? What, the team I play yeah. in? Uh -huh. Very comfortable. It would be over at half-time. Yeah. <laughs> so Celtic would be either of them? Well, our team? Yeah, your team. The Larson yeah. team? Oh, yeah. yeah. No question. Barry, your team with all those players that were mentioned, the board. Against yeah. um, the both about, Celtic. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, no doubt we would um, run over the top of them. Rangers, yeah, yep, hundred percent. You have to remember, yeah. Paul, at that time. So, myself, Chris Sutton, John Hartson, yeah. Alan Thompson, we were all coming up from the Premier League, I know. and we were all like established Premier League players coming yeah. up here for big, big money. Yeah. And then you got Tory Andre Flo coming, you got Two Guy coming, million. you got Cloudy yeah. Rainer. Mm -hmm. You know, as I said, all these world class, and there were world class players. Yeah. You know, Newman played in the semi final of the World Cup. De Boer had been at Barcelona. You know, Kinesia had been to the World Cup. You don't have the calibre of player now because of the differential in TV money. Yep. You know, so it's changed a lot over the 20 years. But they were great times and great times to be part of, great games to be part of as well. 
You know the voices, Neil Lennon and Barry Ferguson, 08, 08, 17, 17, player on show, yeah. and, and I think Lenny pointed out a couple of minutes ago, it was the pace that the games were played at. Was it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Just... I mean, I ran through, my two centre-halves were Craig Moore and Amarusso. Yeah. And then you've got Van Bronckhurst, you've got Tugai, you've got yeah. Claudia Arena, you've got De Boer, you've got Arthur Newman, you've got Michael Moles. You can go on and on. And then Neil McCann. He's yeah. Neil McCann yeah. is another exceptional player. And then you look at the Celtic team, Lenny, Lambert, Thompson, Petrov, Larson, Sutton, Hartson. Yeah, you'd sort of, Stefan Kloss, Champions League winner, I mean, Paul Lambert, Champions League yeah. winner, you'd sort of saw a premiership winner with Blackburn, you know, won the, won the Premier League. Mm. So those those were the calibre of players that were playing in Glasgow at the time. And the other thing was, Barry, around the other clubs as well, there were mm. some really good players, yeah. you know, playing for like Dundee had a great team at the time and... Uh, Aberdeen were strong. Aberdeen was strong. Yeah. Motherwell was strong. Andy Gorham was there. That's right. We Pat yeah. Nevin was playing there. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a really strong league at the time, but obviously it cost a lot of money at the time and you just don't have that money now available. We'll put the big two together. Barry Ferguson, Neil Lennon. The Go Radio Football Show. Building up to the new season. Let's go! Thanks, Chris, for the traffic and travel. Coming up to 5.30, a two-hour special tonight with Neil Lennon. Barry Ferguson, Paul Cooney here in the chair, although I'm standing at the moment. Neil, in the Go Radio studios for the first time, enjoying it, the heart of the Gorbals. Yeah, you love your music, some great music in here as well. Yeah. yeah, the music was great when it was coming. I was actually listening on the radio on the way, and it's more my bit of Eddie Grant was on earlier. Oh, on. yeah, Electric yeah. Avenue. I don't want that Electric <laughs> Avenue. Barry, what is it you like, really? You like some of the... I like a bit of dance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't mind it. I've got to mention him, Stevie Lennon. Oh, go on, isn't he brilliant? Yeah, yeah. he plays some decent tunes. I don't want him to get big-headed, but... no. He's in the building. I do, I do like my techno music and all. In your, do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were Labby Sifri and all no, that. No, I'll tell you what I was like, you know, back in the day, I didn't go to many raves, but yeah. I, I lived in Manchester for eight years, around about the late 80s, early 90s, and that's when the Manchester scene started mm, coming. Of course. Yeah. It was magic, like, yeah. you know, Happy Mondays and Oasis and the Charlatans. I like all that kind of music. Some great stuff. Did you watch Glastonbury the weekend? I did. I watched yeah. Texas. Oh, she was great, yeah, weren't they? Yeah. She was Johnny McElhone. Yeah, and, I, know, I know the guys yeah. well, so I was really pleased with them, like, you know, they put on a great show. Brilliant. Barry, did you see any of it last night? Did you watch uh, Sir Elton? No, I was busy. No. I was yeah. busy. <laughs> I was busy last night. You know what I was. Of course, you were yeah. in Rochdale. Yeah. It's, I was going to ask both of you. Charlene Spiteri, of course, absolutely brilliant. They sometimes record in here. So, big weekend. We announced it. Breaking news on Friday night. Rochdale, big signing. And it, <laughs> it's young Ferguson's, Kyle. Yeah, listen, yeah. It's, it's a bit of security for him. A um, couple of year deal down there. He's, listen, he had a half-decent season last year, but he knows mm. the next couple of years are important so it's it was important that I was there making sure he was going to get settled in so a big season ahead to try and get back out of the league what you tough I, on him? no you see to be honest with you Lenny I, I let him let, in terms of he, he goes and does his own mm-hmm. he's got his own agent he'll go and do all that sort uh-huh. of stuff I'm just there for a wee bit of advice if he wants to come he'll phone me before games or after games um, mm-hmm. but anything else that's left up to his mum <laughs> and your own boy today yeah Gallica. he started some run today big day, so yeah. he's uh He's 17. He's just starting in training, so some are going to have a good look at him uh, over the next few weeks. And he's in the system for Northern Ireland as well? He is. He played for the 17s yeah. there in November, did really well, and then they bumped him up to the 19s. He was supposed yeah. to play in the Euros in March, but a week before, I, I was flying from Cyprus, booked the hotel, everything, Paul, yeah. and he put, he broke his collarbone <sighs> a week before, so he missed out on that. But um, he sort of mixed his education with his football, and um, he did well at school, but he wants to give the football a go. That, that, that's important I, I was saying to Lenny my, my boy went across and done the, the scholarship mm-hmm. um, and went to obviously he was doing the school in the, in the morning 
and then obviously football in the afternoon. And he's been about. He's been to Sweden. He's been in Ireland, and now he's he's down in England. Hopefully, making a, a good career for himself. Brilliant for him. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely brilliant for him. It's good. Down, England's great. You know, I'm, when I first went, I went at sixteen, and it just opened so many doors for me and horizons. And I loved it down there. It was great. Were you homesick? Not at all. No. No. Not no, at all. Not at all. Going from Northern Ireland to the you know no. one of the biggest cities. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I got we had good digs at the time. And mm. um, do you remember the YTS boy? Uh, I was on the way two year yeah, YTS yeah. and then signed a year pro. So great, like great sort of education. Is it harder for your sons to make it in football just because of the name? Mm. Oh, I don't know about that. You know, if he's good enough, he'll, he'll yep. come through. So I don't think that's got anything to do with it, really. Um, I just think it's harder now for there's so much again competition, scrutiny, analysis, all the academies. You know, you have to be very exceptional to, you know, make it through now at a big club. Did you get a bit of that, Barry, because you were Derek's wee brother? Yeah, yeah. I had a bit of it, but listen, you've got your eyes up above mm. it. And I think with my son's concerned, I think he went down a different route. He went out of the country to go and try and make a name for himself. And he's done it all himself, to be fair. I'm just there for a bit of guidance or whatever when he wants to speak to me. But um, it is tough for, for young players to go and make a living in the game now. Mm. Neil, if you were the Celtic manager at the moment, what would you expect? Uh, what would you do to change? So they've won the treble, yeah. Um, but obviously some will come and go during the summer. What do you expect Brendan to do? I do like the um, the sound bites coming out. You know about you know making a go in the Champions League. Mm. So the initial thing, Paul, is they don't have that stress of the qualification, yeah. which can be difficult, and particularly at the start of the season. And then, you know, building a team to compete in that. And obviously, the priority is the, the title. But I, th- I always think if you, you know, your, your two sets are go for the champ, endeavour to win the championship and then make inroads in the Champions League. Because that's where it's a blue ribbon event and that's where the club really sort of makes its reputation. And, you know, I think the, the team does need a bit more physicality, you know, maybe in central midfield. Um, there's talk of Indeedy, which would be a really good saying. And yeah. there was talk, I don't know how true it was, of about Dembele coming back which would be magnificent but I, I don't know how much truth is in that Could you see that I see they're saying today Kieran Tierney tipped to leave Arsenal but some people are saying Celtic at the front of the queue Well I think Brendan you know would have a big influence on because Kieran thrived under Brendan you know it's some of his best years there I'd be surprised if he came back to Scotland so early in his sort of career still he's only what 25, 26 yeah. I think he's a top class player and um, you know money talks Paul He's too good not to play, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's an outstanding player. Um, the, the only thing with Kieran is he, he's had a few niggly injuries while he's been at been at Arsenal. Um, but for me, if he's fit, he's got to play in that Arsenal team. But it looks to me if Arteta prefers um, other players, and I think if he, if if he um, becomes available, there'll be a number of clubs desperate to take a Kieran Tierney. They're saying that Burnley are interested in Furuhashi. Could you see that happening? That mm. Vincent Company might get him there, back up in the top league? I don't know. It depends on what Kyogo's thinking himself, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think Burnley, they play a great football under Vincent Company, but it's a massive step up to the Premier League. And the other thing is, they're going to be on the back foot a lot next season. And I don't know if it'll suit his style of play. Could you see him going to Tottenham? Kyogo? Kyogo? Yeah. Again... <sighs> If he goes, will he play on a regular basis? I'm not mm. just here. You know, with the quality. The same Kulisevsky again. They've yeah. got Kane, they've got Son, they've got Richarlison. That's a big four to break into. Sure is. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I couldn't see him playing at a, a, a Tottenham before the, the players that Lenny's just mentioned. They're, they're, they're world class. Mm. Your, your Kane's and your Son's in this world. Um, listen, 
Kyogo's been a, a brilliant signing for Celtic, no doubt about it. Not just his goal scoring, I love his his attitudes, brilliant. Yep. His work rate for the teams, um, brilliant. So it'll be interesting to see who stays and who goes um, under Brendan Rodgers and, and what sort of budget. Because I, I would imagine they wouldn't have come back up here uh, to Scotland if he if, if wasn't going to get a, a decent budget to go and operate on. There's not many clubs, Paul, give you the opportunity to coach in the Champions League. And he's got that with uh, with Celtic. There's only there's only four in England, yep. right? So you got that with Celtic, and he will want to make a big impression this season because he's a top manager, you know, and he wants to have the tools to be able to compete against the best. Is that what happens when Dermot Desmond decides you're my man? Because you were his man at, mm-hmm. at Celtic. What's it like? The private jet sent for you. I he, wish he, he does the deal <laughs> because I mean he could have gone to. He could have stayed in England probably. Brendan Rodgers would, would have been back in the Premier League at some point. I would so. imagine so, yeah. So obviously Dermot's done a brilliant job in persuading Brendan to come back. Um, so obviously, you know, Brendan will have had his own demands on what he wants and how he sees the team going forward. And obviously Dermot's agreed to that. Dermot's been, you know, amazing for Celtic, you know, since 2000 really when he brought Martin in and the success that the club has had. Um, they've been the dominant team for... A long, long time. A lot of that's down to his sort of intelligent intellect and the way he sees the club going forward. Barry, I wonder what Rangers are thinking. James Bisgrove takes over officially next week, but he is in charge now. Um, well, well, I know what Michael Beale will be thinking. Yeah. He knows he needs to win trophies next season. He needs to wrestle some of these trophies back off Celtic. Listen, I, I've been impressed by his, his business early doors. It's very unlike Rangers, if I'm being honest with you. He's got yeah. four players in at this mm-hmm. moment in time. I still think there'll be another three or four or even more than that coming through the door. Um, and I always think, I don't know if Lenny agrees here, I always think it's important to get your players in as early as possible. First day of pre-season, get them used to their teammates, get them used to their surroundings. Um, but Michael Beale knows it's a massive season for Rangers because last year wasn't good enough. No trophies in the, the cabinet. Do you know what? The 92 points in the league, which is pretty good, you know, but... They've got to get over that psychological hurdle of winning the important games against Celtic, Barry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be a cup competition or in the league. I think the first first game is going to be pivotal yeah. from a psychological point of view and how the it shapes the season. You know, if Celtic win it, you know, Rangers fans will go, no, not again. And if Rangers could win it, then it'll be a big feather in the, in the cap for Michael. Mm-hmm. But it's difficult to... In an ideal world, you want all the players in early. Yeah. But, you know, you're dealing with the agents, you're dealing with all the clubs... It's not always a foregone conclusion. So I, th- I agree with Barry. I think they're going to have to get a goal scorer in because, mm-hmm. you know, they lost Morelos. And, um, you know, I think they, they need a couple of more areas with better players in. They're, they're definitely in the, the right road. There was certain, you, you could see it, there was improvement um, when he took over from um, Van Bronckhurst. No doubt in my mind about that. I think his January window was, was very good. The two players that he brought in in Cantwell and Raskin were, were certain starters um, and they, they impressed um, so uh, he, I'm looking forward to see what more business Rangers do this season but it's a it's a big big season because um, you're expected to win things Paul Abdallah Sima he's been mentioned from Brighton yeah, I, I had Rangers a, confident I had a look there he's been in loan a few times he was at Angers in France mm-hmm. 30 appearances 4 goals I, I, Rangers need to sign 20 plus goal scorer mm-hmm. 
Um, you can say what you want about Morelos but one thing he'd done was he stuck a ball in the back of the yep. pokey um, that, that's what he'd done um, <laughs> you don't Rangers, get that five live do you? <laughs> yeah no. but they, they need yeah. that yeah. and no. I think that'll be his main priority and I think that's where the vast majority of the budget will need to go in a, a number nine I agree with that you know you, I always look at goalkeeper and a goal scorer you know and if you can get two good ones there it's half the battle Jack Butland you rate him Neil well he's got pedigree you yeah. know I spoke to Paul Lambert about him a few weeks ago Paul had him at Stoke lost his way a little bit you know because he's on the verge of the England team I think yeah. he actually played for England a few times yeah. and very talented goalkeeper great experience and they needed to replace Alan who was an unbelievable player for Rangers as I know from my own experience so I think yeah I think he'll be a good signing I like Kieran Dowell always liked mm-hmm. him as a player good footballer got a goal in him so yeah, a couple of insanities already that impressed me yeah, and they will improve Rangers as he came our roof says he's raring to go for the new season I mean any neutral would love that yeah. every Rangers fans will want it will they well, see it well there's no doubt in his ability yeah. Kim Roof's a, a, a quality player yeah. the, the only problem um, Roof's got is he's been blinded by injury um, he's been away over in Qatar I see for the past four to six weeks working hard with with fitness coaches uh, and I hope he comes back and he's he gets a full pre-season under his belt because I think a fit KMR roof makes Rangers stronger Joe has been on from Hillhead and he said from that bombshell that you both said earlier you reckon that the teams you played in if you were still the same age and all the rest of it you would beat the current Celtic team you'd beat the current Rangers team Joe is saying does that mean you think Scottish football has gone backwards in the last decade and a half if so can it be changed I know the answer, Joe. It's going to be down to the money. It's a yeah. hundred odd million TV yeah. versus mm-hmm. what three million? So I was looking at the figures. Leicester getting yeah. relegated got a hundred and five million, Paul. You know, um, yeah. and obviously there's a big expenditure in the Premier League with wages and and whatnot. And I don't know what Celtic would get now for winning the the league. Would it be five to eight million or something like that? So straight away the the differential's massive. Yeah. So the clubs have to go and find players around the world. You know, so. If you look at the Japanese players who came in with Ange, they've been fantastic. You know what I mean? But it's not like they're going down to the Premier League now, Celtic and Ben players in the in the top six, which they were doing twenty years ago. So I'm not saying the league has gone backwards. It's just the differential in the money has changed so much over the last twenty years. Yeah, you I mean you look back to the, the team that I played in, like Arthur Newman, five million quid, Van Bronckhurst, five million pound, Flo, twelve million pound. Guys like that, Michael Moles, there's another £5 million. I can go on and on. Kinchelskis, yeah. £6 million, I think he he costs. So that, that kind of money's unfortunately no there because of obviously the money they get from the, 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 the TV, etc. Neil, yeah, what the, were you? £5.5 million? £5.75 yes. million? I looked today and it says that's nearly £11 million. And that would have been a bargain and so he's, from Leicester so, City. So he was six. Yeah. Um, John was six. Tomo was three. You know, Josval Haran was a few million, you know. Um, the bargain of the century was Didi Agat. I think Martin got him for 50 he? grand. He turned yeah. out to be a great player for us as well. He's so, Dean Hibbs. You know, you're talking yeah. like major money. Yeah. So if, if you look at that then, Paul, you know, what yeah. price would it be now? You know, mm. you just, you know, at the end of the day, people who run football clubs, you know, they have to run it accordingly, you know. And um, in when Martin left, you know, Gordon had to sort of balance the books a little bit but still maintain, you know, a really good standard. But since then, it's been difficult to get the, the quality of player that all Celtic and Rangers fans would want playing in Scotland. You think, Barry, you had the best of it? It was just a vintage time? 
Yeah, it was a brilliant time. I mean, as I said, Paul, I played in a brilliant team. Also yeah. played against a, a brilliant um, Celtic team. Um, but the problem the managers have got now, certainly Michael B, he needs to duck and dive in the market. Mm. He needs to look at guys who are coming out of contract or guys who are in the periphery of certain squads. Um, so, and they need to obviously try different markets. Um, Celtic have done that with the Japanese market and it's worked out really well. And I expect um, Rangers to do that with, with different markets. Um, but I, I think up until now, Michael Beale, in terms of his record in the mm. transfer market, has been good. Picked up Todd Cantwell for yeah. half a million pound, who's oh. been a real good signing. Raskin was a million pound. Yeah. I, I think so. That's what Rangers need to do, unfortunately. They, they can't go out and, and sign five players for five or six million um, sure. each. So it's, it's never going to happen that way. But that's just, unfortunately, the way it is in Scottish football. Joe says to you, Neil, finally, he's delighted that people around Glasgow and further afield shake your hand. No one should deny or challenge Neil Lennon's place in the Parkhead Pantheon. Did you know you were in the Pantheon? Oh, Is that one of your favourite I'm a good company there, so I am, yeah. <laughs> I've not been there for a while. Quick break and then we're going to talk Scotland on the day when we hear about the, uh, the passing of Craig Brown. The Go Radio Football Show. Subscribe to the Go Radio YouTube channel for our latest videos. Let's go! We're on till seven tonight. This is Paul Cooney from the heart of Glasgow in the Gobbles, Glasgow's own Go Radio. Thanks for making the switch. Oh, more than seven million downloads of the programme. And we're on from five every night. It's two hours tonight because Neil Lennon is with Barry Ferguson here. Great to put you two together again. I love the way you chat, you know, off uh, camera, as it were. You'll see it on yeah, social media as well. That sometimes I know. Um, frustrates me. People think, well, they're not going to talk to each other. They're not going to go on with each other. <laughs> Listen, we were enemies during the game. That's all, all it was. Um, and as I, I keep going back to it, and I always say to people when they ask me, there was always a hell of a lot of respect between us. Aye, both teams, yep. you know, and a lot of the boys sort of lived in the yeah. same area up um, Newton Mernsway, you know. Yeah, yeah. Tommo would be over at uh, Ronald's for a couple of pints now and again. Like, yeah, was... Fernando, though, he was such a character, wasn't oh, he? The he link was, great Fernando Rickson. He was crazy. Like yeah. his pest and a juice. crazy, man, also. Yeah. You'll ever get. But a lovely guy. Oh, amazing. I mean, yeah. Nice, nice guy. We're talking about Craig Brown, who died today. And on the line's a huge Scotland fan. We loved speaking to you last week, Stephen, after the Scotland wins. Uh, Stephen Rousset joins us. Good evening. Hi, Stephen. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Yeah, good. How thank you. So, Craig Brown, 82 years old. He'd been 83 this weekend. Um, passed away this morning in air. What's your memories of the great Scotland manager? Yeah. Incredibly sad news. I mean, my first memory is following Scotland or watching Scotland with his teams. Uh, remember the playoff game at Wembley where we absolutely battered England and, and somehow uh, didn't manage to get through, but we still won 1 0. Um, famous results away to Germany. One of the first qualifiers I attended, um, I believe it was his last game against Latvia. Am I right in saying that? Forgive me, I was only about six or seven at a time. And he decided to leave. So, but no, I was fortunate enough to, to manage the interview today um, at the end of last year and he was just a gentleman throughout the whole process and he would never call himself a legend because he was that humble but I think you can all agree that he was. He was indeed. What was it like as Motherwell manager then when you were growing up? He, he came in and he, he, really, he really transformed that team. I mean, Jim Gannon had brought in a number of good players, but his problem was always man management. And I think that was um, one of Craig's great strengths, which is about eight man manage stroke. Um, um, and he really turned that season around for us. He, he managed to finish, uh, I think it was, and, 
uh, qualify for Europe. So, um, no, really good memories. I remember the six each game against Hibs, um, one of the craziest games I've ever been in. Yeah, so positive, positive memories under Craig. Neil, you're smiling at a happy memory. Uh, you weren't in charge of that time, but that was one of the that amazing was a, games, wasn't it? Game. That was... I can't remember if uh, was it Stephen? You, you remind me, were, were Hibs six up or five up, or six was it two. Motherwell six two? Six two and Motherwell made the comeback. Yeah, Twenty minutes to go. So John uh, Hughes was in charge, wasn't it? That's right. It was yeah. one of the best games I've ever seen. I think. I know. Yeah. Yeah, see, Stephen makes a good point about him and, and that's one thing, again, he was a real brilliant man-manager. I was young coming into the squad. You know what it's like, your first international um, get-together, you're a bit nervous because there's guys who have played 50, 60, 70 games and he just put his arm round, round about me and says, listen, just go and do your stuff. Go and do what you've been doing for Rangers the past couple of months and that kind of settled me down um, a, a wee bit. But as I says, he was very tactically aware as well. That's one thing he'd, he'd done a lot of studying on the opposition and we were always really well set up. And when you interviewed him then, one of the last ones probably, what was he saying about the the way Scotland is now under Stevie Clark? Oh, I think he was probably the happiest man in Scotland about, about the form that we were on and the fact that, that we did manage to qualify for that Euros and he was just hoping that it would continue and, and thankfully it has. And um, I think uh, he's, the best manager in my life then but Steve Clark's given given him a good run for it now I think it's, it's really good to see yeah he's, he's uh, so fondly remembered such a nice man Neil Stephen said he's a gentleman and he was he was yeah, Hi, he, yeah. I was always I always like being in his company you know and you sort of gravitated to him as well and obviously you had a huge amount of respect for what he had achieved in the game you know it's not it's not uh, very often you get a Scotland manager he qualifies for you know, two major tournaments. It was a long, long time between Craig doing it in '98 and Steve doing it. You know, a couple of years ago. So you can imagine how difficult it was to do it. Um, and then you know, talking to him after games and having a chat with him, him and Archie, such a, a wealth of knowledge about the game. And you know, Barry's read it as well. He was really cute ta- tactically. He he came out with one thing and it always resonated with me. He used to get the team to play in the same colours if he, as often as he could. What I mean by that is shirt, shorts and socks. So if if they could play in all blue or all white, yeah. and he said to me, it makes the team look bigger. Really? Psychologically, yeah. it makes the team look... And I looked into it and I thought, yes. So we uh, we had an all black kit at Celtic, you know, and whenever the team lined up, I thought, well, it looks brilliant. You know, and they do look bigger, even though it's just a, a mirage of some sort, but psychologically... He had little sort of traits like that as well that made you think laterally about the game. So much knowledge. And he was a Hamilton man, wasn't he? Stephen, the family. Initially, obviously, his brother Jock, his dad was a minister in Hamilton. So, Hamilton man who was uh, well loved in Motherwell. Yeah, he had two spells at Motherwell. One is, one is an assistant manager and then yeah. one is a manager. And, um, I, I, was, I was really gutted when he, when he left to go to Aberdeen, actually, because he started that season on fire. Um, and I he, he reviews a bit, a bit about it in the interview. I think it was uh, one of the youth coaches at the time. He wasn't wanting them to to take some of the players up to the first team. So he kind of that's why he decided to leave. Yeah. Because he felt that the players should have been getting developed and the chance to play in the first team. So um, he ended up going to Aberdeen. And it was a huge loss for us because he took he took Nick Blackman with him who uh, who started that season on fire. Um, but no, listen, 
great manager, great eye for the plan, and, and he'll be slowly, slowly missed. Stephen, thanks very much for calling us. Stephen Reside there, remembering uh, the late, great Craig Brown, who, of course, was a CBE. And Barry, you are MBE. And Neil, uh, you, you, uh, where, yeah, where does this uh, come point? on? Well, it's going, it's going somewhere. I'm still waiting yeah. on mine, Stephen. <laughs> What's that? I'm still waiting on mine. Are you, are you still waiting? Has it not come yet? No, I'm still waiting it on it. It should be. Invitation. Surely yeah. it will. <laughs> uh, was there a story about a party for Barry that you were there at the house? I was at the house, yeah. yeah. It was like uh, a couple of days before the party, and they wanted to do a funny video. So I'm sitting in the house with Barry's mm-hmm. autobiography, and the, 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 the narrator's going, This is. You know, captain of one of the big teams in Glasgow. You know, great leader, great captain, very well thought of. And the next thing I pull the book down and it's me. And Margaret, his wife, brings over a cup of tea. And she goes, there you are, Neil. And, this and my of... cup as well. So it was just a wee sort of... I don't know how well it went yeah. down with people at the party, but... No, uh, it went down a storm, to be honest with you. The place yeah. just erupted. Yeah. Um, that was your MBA, that, wasn't that's it? That's the yeah. sort of things that people Brilliant. don't see. Aye. That Lenny took it... He, a bit of time out Fantastic. and came across yeah. and, and but I never knew anything about it until mm. obviously they had certain people saying a couple of words about you and then that came on at the very end and it went quiet and then it just erupted at the, the <laughs> end it how, was brilliant how, how was the castle Fergus I've not, oh, I've I've not been honestly, I, will be. I wasn't I was sure whether it was in the the East Wing Pole or the West yeah, Wing exactly, like you know yeah. I can't remember you know it took us it was a service station in the driveway about three miles up <laughs> And the butlers were they all good? Oh, yeah, great. Staff yeah, were great. Yeah, staff yeah. Were great. Yeah, a couple of Filipino maids and that like. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that was James and Kathy Kaya who was also on about that this morning. He said to me at eight o'clock. Oh yeah, Neil Lennon was on his. This is your life with Barry for his MBE. And there was one going on today as well. And my brother David, David Cooney, got the British Empire Medal this oh, morning from Lady Hockey, the Lord Lieutenant of Lanarkshire. So well done, David. Really proud of my big brother for. Um, he's been with Campus Lang Harriers for fifty years. Wow. Um, so well done, David. Um, oh, you must yeah. be very proud of him. Very proud. Yeah. That's great. That's, uh, well done, stuff. David, and uh, the boys. Anne was well, there. We'll take him out and for a couple of drinks. I've got to say that. Where are you going? Right, so, good. yeah, we'll good. take him out. We'll put him on your account. Bad listen. <laughs> Give him um, a couple of madries. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, though, to see people who work in communities helping boys, girls over 50 years. I oh, know, it's incredible. Know, athletics. I mean, um, listen, people, I always go back to, you know when you started your boys' team, Barry, mm-hmm. the people who'd sacrifice all that time to mm-hmm. organise the mm-hmm. team, Pick you up, take yeah. you to games, that type of stuff. Without these people, none of us would have had the career that we had. Like, you know, certainly growing up in Lurgan anyway, you know, going and playing for my boys' team, my boys' club and that. And these people sacrifice their weekends to, you know, just for you, you to enjoy football. And yeah. your brother's the same for all these athletes growing up. It's amazing. 50 years. 50 years, That's yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking back what Lenny says there's I mean, after you finished school, um, my old football manager had just finished work, straight for work. He would go round about everybody's house in the minibus and pick everybody up and take us to training and then make sure we, everybody get back home after that. The amount of hours that so many people give up their free time is unbelievable. And obviously your brother does the same thing with Campus Lang um, Harriers. And Neil, you love playing for your country, for Northern Ireland, and you had a really hard time. There was a period where, you know, it was it was horrendous. Thank goodness things are so much better in Northern Ireland. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit traumatic at the time, but uh, yeah, I had a great time playing for Northern mm. Ireland. I've got some great mates. You know, Michael was one of Michael O'Neill, mm. uh, Mickey Hughes, Jerry Taggart, Jim Jilton, big Tommy Red, obviously. Yeah. Saw Tommy last caught up with him in Portugal last week. So yeah, um, a lot the did all my badges with the IFA as well. You know, did my pro license there. Got some great people running the courses. So yeah, I had a, 
a lot of time for the people back in Belfast. A couple of quick questions for both of you. Taylor's on asking, who would you have signed from Rangers? Who would you have signed what from Rangers? Let's say any time. Maybe the team you were playing in or the teams. Maybe we might come back to that after. It's quite a big one, isn't it? It's a big question. Uh, the current team or um, the, the last few years? I, let's say a few years. When I you like Yelovic. Yeah. Uh -huh. I thought Yelovic yeah. was a really good player. Steve Davis. <laughs> of course. You know, quality player. Back in the day, you take Barry. You take... Mm -hmm. You know, De Boer, I thought De Boer was a fabulous player. Like, I thought he was really smart, like, you know, and uh, technically brilliant. Arthur Newman, another brilliant, not only a brilliant player, but a brilliant guy as well. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's the best player I've played with. Hey, Arthur? Fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. just, as a whole, in terms of good football player, big character, um, fit as a fiddle, um, just did everything. He retired at 32. Is that right, Yep, Arthur Newman retired at 32. In terms of Celtic at this moment, there's, there's one guy that stands out. I, I don't know what Lenny thinks, obviously, playing the same position. I think Callum McGregor's McGregor. grew into a, a top-class um, midfielder. Because um, you know what it's like when, the, when you get that armband, there's added pressure on your shoulders. And I, I just think he's he's embraced that and he's he's got better and better. And he's, he's took the responsibility on being a, being a captain. Because <laughs> as Lenny will tell you, it's, it's, mm -hmm. um, it's difficult when you win. It's great, but when you lose games... He's a, he's a manager's tough. dream, Barry. Yeah. You know, him, Brownie, Jamesy Forrest, they'd be the first ones in in the morning mm. doing the prehab and that. You know, they're so professional. And Three Callum, of the biggest names as well. And they yeah. were in early. Uh, if yeah. you look at their careers as well, you know, Callum's still going really strong. I don't know how many medals he's won now, but it's a ridiculous amount. And it, it was a natural successor to Brownie to be captain. Tactically, so smart. And I think eventually he'll go into coaching, you know, I think he's just got that great football brain, but absolutely top, top professional, deserves everything he gets. He mentioned the name Stephen Davis, um, had a bad injury there, I think, yep. January or, or February, and I hope he comes back for it, I hope Rangers look after him. He's a big do, loss, wasn't he? Yeah, do his rehab, because I still think Devo has got a bit of football and don't care about what age, the way that he looks after himself, um, the way that he carries yeah. himself is unbelievable. The most capped player on these islands. He's phenomenal. Aye, yeah, I mean, his career country. for Northern Ireland, yeah. you know, and he had a good career in England and then he came back here the second time and he was he was terrific again. Again, model professional, consummate professional. I don't know what he's like as a, a boy in the dressing room, but I can imagine he'd have real leadership qualities as well. We'll ask Barry about that after the news. The Go Radio Football Show. Subscribe to the Go Radio YouTube channel for our latest videos. Let's go! Crofty and Grado back tomorrow morning. Neil Lennon is here tonight along with Barry Ferguson, 0808 17 17 700. And Barry, was that Gina McKee I saw a moment or two? She's still around because you two are back in for this summer special, bringing in some water no, for she's, you. Yeah. She's left me out now. Oh. Um, I used to be her favourite, but Lenny's, <laughs> Lenny's come in and um, me, me and Gina go back along there. <laughs> she was actually getting a photograph taken out there, and I didn't realise, I couldn't see the photographer. I was like, Gina, could you bring in? She went, No problem. And then no. the photographer's there. He's That's raging. Right, listen, yeah. uh, I'll remember that. Exactly. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> now, she's Partick Thistle, like uh, our, our chick. He's a St. Mirren fan, isn't he? <laughs> 08 08 17 17 700 with Barry Ferguson and Neil Lennon. Loads of messages coming in. Great to hear you both together. Um, Fans have long speculated, Neil, seriously, this has come in. Do you have a Twitter burner, an account that's not yours? And I said, what is that? Is an no, account I'm, I'm, Siamese boy or something? Have you heard what? about this one? Yeah. I've got a Siamese cat. <laughs> right, but no, I'm not, I'm, I don't have anything to do with social media at all. I, I gave it up a long, long time ago, Paul. And yep. uh, 
a lot happier for it. No yeah. Instagram, no Snapchat, no. nothing. Like, you know, I'm just not interested in it. Must be tough these days. Everyone's got a phone. Everyone wants to take a picture. They do their yeah. selfies can be yeah. sometimes a bit of a, a being in your life. But uh, if people are nice and listen, you know what? I always say this. You know when they stop asking? Mm. That's when you yeah. know you're in trouble, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. That's when you... <laughs> You, you start to worry when you, you, you don't get asked but listen in terms of social media I get it's got it's good points but it's I'll be honest with you it's never been for me Paul Was there ever a time Barry you've been asked here by Jack who's saying did you ever bump into each other in a pub a club or whatever yep. j- shortly yeah. after a derby though did you mm, ever I, I can't think back but we bumped we used in. to go to the wee uh, remember the wee pub across the road and um was it West Nile Street or something like that? Oh, um, and we were going sit in the back there with Sutty and a few of the boys and have a couple of beers. Was it a candy then. bar? No. No, no one the candy bar. No. The wee dark one. Ah, it was <laughs> like a... Yeah, it's very quiet. I know. Oh, I know what, what you called? mean. Yeah. I bumped into yeah. a, f- a few places in the West End. The, the yeah. bar downstairs in the corner. Drake. Drake. <laughs> aye, the Drake, Drake aye. Yeah. aye. I would have a drink in there and then again. Mm. The boys would, from both sides are going to have a drink in there back yeah. in the day. I'm trying to remember that one. Um, the Drake? Yeah. Oh, the Drake as well. I'm trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to remember the one that we would go and sit in the back and it was mm-hmm. on, I don't know if it was on West Nell Street or um, yeah. West George Street, but definitely because like you and, you and Sotty were with John Viola at the mm-hmm. time, do you remember? Yeah. So we'd go and catch up every now and again, just the odd, it was yeah. really difficult to do, you know, but sometimes it close a wee early off for us to go and have a drink on our own mate, and just chat away. Great to hear you chatting away. And the same team for the first time, Barry Ferguson, Neil Lennon with me, Paul Cooney, special uh, to our broadcast tonight. Tracy's listening in from, uh, I think, in somewhere in France and enjoying it. Ross King's been on. He's listening in LA and he often no listens in. Yeah, Ross is listening and he's wishing you all the best. Both of you listens when Barry's on a lot. And Neil, I think, uh, well, you know Ross. He did he's pretty, listening he, just he, now. He, I'll tell you, he's, sorry, in Tuscany listening at the he moment. He did a brilliant message for Partick Thistle. Uh, you know, the, the night before they were playing Ross County in the playoff, and he's got his Partick Thistle shirt on overlooking, oh, yeah. I don't know, the San Fernando Valley or something sure. like that in LA. The Hollywood he looked, Hills. Oh, he yeah. looked brilliant, like, yeah. you know what I mean? But he did a really nice sort of video message for the boys. People love the football, don't they, Barry? It's the great... Wherever you go in the world, people know you, they want to yeah, talk football. It's the best yeah. game, it's the best sport for me um, in the world and, and the amount of people, as you mentioned, that are listening. That's brilliant for the, the, the programme. Some of the headlines today, I think, well, I'm going to ask you about transfers coming up in the next week or two for Rangers. We'll talk Celtic as well. The news, um, well, there's no signing today, but Marco Tilio has been mentioned, maybe joining Celtic from Melbourne City. We'll speak about that shortly. I see Lyndon Dykes, Barry, and I read your column the other day, mm. so he signed an extension at QPR. Yeah, I, I like Lyndon Dykes. Mm. I, I've got to be honest with you, I liked him when he was at, at Livingston and for the price that he went down south. I, I was um, pretty surprised that Rangers didn't sniff about him then. Um, I think he's improved since he's went down to the, the Championship in England. Um, you just need to see his performances for the national team. And he was going into the final year of his contract, Paul, and I thought that would um, that would have been a, a real good sign for Rangers. And I'm not saying that Lyndon Dykes will come up and be that guy who will score 20 or 30 goals, but I do believe Rangers need to sign a couple of number nines. Uh, and... To be quite honest with you, I think Lyndon Dykes would have done a fine job for Rangers. Neil, what do you think of the Scotland striker? I like him, he mm. always liked him. He was, I remember McQueen of the South um, in his early days, played in the Championship against him when he was managing Hibs. Did really well at Livy. You know, he's gone down to QPR. They, they had a terrible season though last year, Paul. I'm surprised yeah. he's um, extended, so they must have, you know, made him promises that they're going to improve next season, but they had a terrible run, particularly after Michael left. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I mean, Steve Clark's a big fan of him and uh, he's been very loyal to him at times. Um, and he came up with a big goal against Norway. Sure so yeah, I do. I, I get Barry's point. I mean, he would come. He's a handful. You know, he's athletic. He's good in the air, and he's physical. And that's the type of player that you always like in your team. Barry Rangers fans are on asking when will there be more signings. Then there's a speculation. And I was asking you: Is the first of July going to be a, a trigger yeah, date? I, I think naturally you see a, a cluster of players coming in, which we all thought was going to happen, which has been four players already. And I think in the next week or 10 days, Paul, I think you'll see another three or four players. Because um, I think Michael Beale knows. I mean, a lot of people were speculating. Is it only two or three players that Rangers need? No, I, I was, I maintained last year, even they've improved under Michael. I, I thought there was probably around about the seven or eight um, players, Mark, that would um, come in. So I think in the next seven or 10 days, you'll see more players um, coming through the door um, it's not as easy as people think because as I said you've got to agree things with other clubs then there's age some players have got a couple of agents where you've mm. got to deal with so there's a lot of hurdles that you need to get over um, but rest assured that I, I think Rangers fans um, know that there's going to be more players coming in Neil what do you think Rangers need? So the striker yeah striker yep. you know they need a goal scorer um, Maybe another, you know, good wing. I mean, Celtic are blessed with good wingers, you know. I think Rangers would need another one, you know, with Kent leaving a replacement for him and a bit of creativity in midfield. You know, they need goals from midfield as well. I think that's what Davil might bring. You know, he's an elegant footballer and he's got a goal in him. But they definitely need more firepower in the team, that's for sure. Because they miss Ryan Kent's firepower that he brought maybe in earlier seasons, Barry. Yeah, I mean, I was always greedy in terms of Ryan Kent. I just don't think he brung enough to the party if I'm being honest with you there's no doubt he, that he was a player with a lot of ability mm. um, he just didn't do it enough for me um, and I think it was the best uh, I think what happened with Ryan Kent is it was a good way of parting he's a way off to Pastors New and Rangers have got to move on um, no doubt he was uh, he was a good player for Rangers but to lose a player that you spent £7 million on nothing yep. yeah. you, you can't allow that to, to happen and I think that's what you're going to see this this summer that guys like Kamara have got a year John Lundstrom if they're and Barisic guys like that if they're not going to commit then they need to look to move them on because they can't do what they've done this year with a player like Ryan Kent Morelos he was a million pound but Ryan Kent seven million pound that's a hell of a lot of money in modern day football in Scotland it's not the model is it Neil for Rangers or Celtic you have to get them you know as cheaply as you can but if you get them at 7 million you have to sell them on for 10, well, 12 you want to get your money back at yeah. least you know and that's not been the case around and I, I agree with Barry I thought he, he had real talent I thought in some big games he was superb you know remember him in uh, Dortmund you know when they won 4 yeah. that day he was, he was excellent but not enough Paul you know he didn't show it enough and he's obviously got the talent because he's shown in certain games that he had it but he wasn't consistent enough the warrant you know being a big player Rangers record in Europe has been what would you say Neil really good excellent hasn't it it's listen been, to get the Europa yeah. League final is yeah. for Scottish teams an incredible achievement you know and it's not luck that gets you there you know it's good play you know particularly in the games at home they were really strong but that was a real landmark performance for me he's one of the best I'd seen from a Scottish team away from home in Europe for a long time but they never kicked on Paul you know, they come back, they won the Scottish Cup, they get into the Champions League, which again, Michael will be trying to do that at the start of this season. That's one hurdle. They get into the Champions League and then it sort of just went 
you know, faded. And wh- where, where for me it went wrong was they lost 4-0 at Celtic Park and you can't, aff- you can't do that. You can't afford to do that. And psychologically, it, it really dampens the, the enthusiasm. And it came around the same time as the Champions yeah, let, League games. Let, listen, tough. results like that can happen, but you can't let it affect you. And I thought it affected the, the Rangers team. You could see that they never recovered um, after that game at, at Celtic Park. And, and listen, you look at Gio, he got them at a European final and he, he won the Scottish Cup and for him, um, dictated that he, he lost his job. So I, I think Michael Beale knows how important it is to to get off to a, a real good start and as Lenny mentioned at the start of the show that first old massive game is huge um, and I, I think he knows that and the players have got to know that as well Have you got a ticket for it Neil? Because Barry is well connected one of the great Rangers managers and um, um, captains I'll have so a word after the show game. Yeah. Uh, we wonder I, I, Now here's my point the away fans I don't know are they bringing them back next season or not? I don't think so See that's for me is a big no-no you know for a game of that magnitude and you know the spectacle when we played you know Celtic fans would have the back of the goal Rangers fans would have the the away end at the you know the back of the goal in the I think it's the Jock Steen end and it was brilliant so I I invited some friends over from Cyprus to go to the game and said look take us off your bucket list they went to the the 3-2 game but it's just not the same without the away fans there I don't think yeah you know my feeling John I, I, I you was you agree Barry yeah, yeah. but I, They've got to get it back to the way it was, but I think I, I seen James Bisgrove do an interview and, and says it's never going to get back to that level again. There might be 800 or so fans, but listen, I, I've played in the games and I've brought, when I went down to England to play, I brought guys up for Birmingham and, and Blackburn and they went in different ends. Obviously, when you go into a, a dressing room, there's some Rangers fans and I've there's some Celtic fans so you get them tickets for both ends and they were absolute blown away yeah. blown away by the, the atmosphere it created and I think if you ask any ex-player or any current player who's played under the, the previous obviously way it was working with, with the fans and Celtic getting the full stand behind the, the goal and obviously 8,000 Rangers fans at, at Celtic Park for me I'm disappointed to hear it may never get back to that now, what do you think? What are they scared of? Both sets of directors. Rangers said, we're going to stop doing it. It would be 800 or whatever. But, and Celtic had the first game and they did it. I thought Celtic would have just gone ahead and did it the way it used to be. I, they didn't. I, I don't well, know. I'm, I'm not really sort of... Um, I've been away for you know a few years yeah. now, so I don't really, I'm not really up to speed with those sort of decisions. But I just think it takes a, something away from you know what is a, a magnificent spectacle. And I was privileged to play in many and manage in many and... You know, the highlights of your career, really. You know, when you win as a manager, the first emotion is relief. Yeah. When you lose, it's like, you know, dark room for three or four days. But, um, yeah, the, you got to have the away fans in, in some capacity there, you know, because it just adds to the the game. Was there ever anything like playing for Celtic against Rangers? No, for me, the highlight was winning at Ibrox. I, I used to love playing there. It was a great stadium. The atmosphere was red hot. I used to love going there as a manager. It's just something about Ibrox that I really liked. You know, just warm with, reception. With, oh, really warm reception. <laughs> Whether it be the logistics of the stadium, the way it's set out, the pitch yeah. was always immaculate, and the noise was just fantastic. And there was no better feeling. And Barry will have had it the other way, winning at Celtic Park. There's no better feeling than winning in your big rivals' backyard. Yeah, I've, I agree with that 100. Yeah. Um, percent Going to Celtic Park and. 
you've got a fair wee walk when you come off that bus. Um, and, Did they do that on purpose? <laughs> yeah, and some of the shouts, listen, yeah. it's part of it and uh, never, never bothered me. It just kind of motivated me yeah, even more. But they were but brilliant, brilliant stadiums to play in. And as I, I go back to it, the, the, the fan situation, I, I just hope at some stage, Paul, they get it back to what it was. Was it, it's it's awesome, like awesome to play in that sort of atmosphere and that that environment. I have a question, right? Yeah. If Rangers lost the four games to Celtic this year, but won the league, how would the, how would the fans feel about that? Good question from Neil. And Lennon. vice versa. Yeah. Barry, I, I would take it because you're winning now. Oh, no. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you know, know what I'm like... saying? Because the rivalry yeah. is so oh. intense. I mean, right. you know, Lenny, first day of pre-season. What's your goal to win the win championship? The league, yeah. yeah, that's your number one. That's your bread and butter to win the league title. I mean, um, it's a total hypothetical question. It would course. never happen. Like you exactly. know, what I mean? twelve points, you're going to win most of the other yeah, games. Yeah, exactly. But it's a good question. Yeah, you know how would how not not as no. far as Barry's concerned, but how would the fans feel? Good point. Because there's still that you know bragging rights. You know, after yeah. every game, like mm. you know what I mean. And even if they won the league, you know, the, the opposition. Well, we beat you four times. You know, so question. morally, we're the we're the champions. You know, I just often think about that, like, because so much rides on the games. Each, yeah, yeah. I know. psychologically, I know. Barry, as well. Mm. You know, the dampener afterwards when you lose. It's, oh, it's, it's a hangover for weeks. It's, it's horrible. It's absolute horrible. Um, walking off in that dressing room, you're just desperate to get home. And I'll be honest with you, you walk in, the kids, the missies, <laughs> they just run away. They just out the room, and I'm left in the room myself. <laughs> And that, that's the way it was for a couple of days. And, and do you know what it is? It's daft wee things like going to the petrol station to put petrol yeah. in your car and you're getting guys saying, hey, what was all that about at the weekend? That's not good yeah. enough. But that's just the way it is in the west of Scotland. You're getting Mark's suspensers as well, don't you? Yeah, I get he it. it I just oh, don't he? go to Mark's. I go well, to Morrison's and Lido as well. So I thought he was a weight rules man myself. Yeah. Oh, exactly, oh. yeah. No, Lanarkshire boy. Yeah. <laughs> You're a bit West End softy now, aren't you? I'm very no. soft West End, yeah. <laughs> it's great to hear no one. bargains as well. Very like Where? Where's Dean that? M. Bargains. And others available here on the Go Radio Football Show, oh. Paul Cooney with Neil Lennon and Barry Ferguson. Loads of your messages coming in on well, just a few days after Brendan Rogers is back. Can you believe it that he's back, Barry? Um, I, I, yeah, I do now. The more you yep. the more you sort of analyse it and scrutinise it, it makes a lot of sense, you know, for both parties, whether it be Brendan, you know, wanting to, like I said, you know, coaching the Champions League, or for Celtic, he's probably the most outstanding candidate that was out there, and they've got him. So, you know, they just want to, you know, keep the club going in the same sort of vein after, you know, the great couple of years they had on the ranch. Lenny, I was thinking about, obviously, Brendan's come back. Does he realise how much pressure he's going to be under? I think he'll enjoy. We obviously, it. with the the success that Posta Coglu's had mm-hmm. the last couple of years, he's he's under pressure to, to produce straight away. Yeah, I think he'll be aware of that, and I don't think mm-hmm. it'll phase him. Like you know, if you look at his career, you know, Swansea, Liverpool, Leicester in the Premier League, he did great things up here with Celtic, and, and Brendan will have a you know own real strong self belief in himself that he can make it work, but. You know, the proof's in the pudding, you know, and you'll not really know how things are going until the season gets underway. Do you ever regret that you went down south first time round, that you left? Or was it just time? No, it was just uh, time. Yeah. You know, I'd done four years, which is a long time, Paul, and um, there was no Rangers in the in the league at the time either. So, you know, we'd won the league by a landslide and I just felt it was a good time to get two Champions League campaigns and 
yeah, four years, and it was, you know, I needed a break myself. But I didn't sure. like leave Celtic and go straight down the road. No. You know, I took a break yeah. and then went back into management about five, six months later. But poor old Bolton were in a terrible state. Well, you I know. didn't realise that. Yeah, of course, people didn't we know. Were in bottom yeah. of the league, kept them up, and then I was assured that we would have funds to go for the playoffs, but it never materialised. What's the secret in the Champions League? Because as Barry and I know, you'd amazing success with Celtic in Champions uh, League. Your, your own experience of playing in it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you have to accept that you're coming up against better teams and you're not going to be able to dominate the ball and you have to be really good defensively. And I had a, had a very good goalkeeper as well, which really helps you at times. But always, and I... My own sort of ideas in the game, and it, this is really funny from a defensive midfield player. You have to score a goal. Yeah. You have to be, you have to be able to withstand the pressure and be able to get up the pitch and score a goal. And at some stage in the game, and if you're not even creating chances at that level, you have to rip it up and start again. Were you a bit disappointed the way Celtic, not the way they played against Real Madrid, for example, but they didn't get more points. Yeah, I think the the results. You know the the performances didn't merit the results. I thought you know they were better than two points in the and yeah. If you look at it, you know they could easily have finished third in the group or even second because I didn't think Leipzig and Shakhtar were were all that. You know, but you, you expect Real Madrid to run away with the group, Paul, yeah. and then the fight for second place. Do you think um, the manager Brendan Rodgers has been saying yet yeah, Europe? Uh, it's a real possibility. Maybe the conference. Maybe the UEFA. Like you know, it, first of all, you want to try and qualify for the last sixteen. You know, at the minute it's a glass ceiling. No one's broke through that. I think someone eventually will, whether it be Rangers down the line or Celtic down the line. And then, you know, if you finish third, you can get a good run in the Europa. What you don't want to do is finish bottom of the group again. And Brendan will be all out for that. And I like I like the sound of that. I think it makes, you know, total sense. I mean, trebles are great, you know, but you really make your name in Europe. Barry, are we going to see the big two? Both of them hitting European finals in the next couple of years? <sighs> One of them. You, you, you never know, Paul. Yeah. Um, look, Rangers have got to get through a qualification, um, qualification game. Sorry to make sure they they get into that that Champions League because um, there's a lot of money um, comes in through the the Champions League. But what Rangers done last year, or under Gio, and um, I never thought I would see. It. I was lucky enough. Lenny was the same. He played in a, a European final. Yeah. I played in a European final, and I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't think I would see it again. Um, but fair play to that team because they deserved it. They, they played really well at home. They were really good away from home. It was a different setup. They were really compact and and well set up to be hard to beat. And sometimes you've got to do that in Europe because you're coming up against top players and top teams. We'll talk European finals next. The Go Radio Football Show building up to the new season. Let's go. Barry Ferguson, Paul Cooney and Neil Lennon. Lots of your messages coming in at Goal Football Show. Calls on 0808 08 17 17 700. We were just talking about the UEFA, the Europa League finals. Barry, I know, have you ever, have you watched it yet? No, Looking never, back? Paul. No. Never. Um, look, you do so well to get there. Um, some of the performances at home were, were excellent to watch. Away from home, it was a... A kind of different setup we had. We had to be more defensive, yeah. uh, solid and compact. Um, and we'd done everything to get to that, that final in Manchester, but to be honest with you, just on the night, we just weren't good enough. Um, and the better team won, I've, I've got to be brutally honest about that. But I've never watched it back, Paul. Um, and I'll never watch it back, to be honest with you. Neil, five years earlier, Seville. Have you watched it back? No. You're kidding? No. Honestly, I, I, I can't. Because that, that's the highlight of your career. And yeah. I don't know about you, Barry, when you get... You just won in Fiorentina. Mm-hmm. The semi-final, was it? Yep. 
It's a great feeling coming back, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So we won in Boa Vista, and that was the one throughout the whole sort of tournament. You know, we were underdogs: Liverpool, Blackburn, Stuttgart, Vigo. Yeah. And then the one time we were favourites was Boa yeah. Vista, and they were the most difficult team to to get to get by. They were so stodgy. But then you you know you're coming back from there, and just the feeling that you were going to the European final was just awesome. Like, and then it breaks your heart, you know, losing the way we did in the extra time because. You know, when we got the 2-2, when Henrik got the second one, you're thinking, we've got this now. You know, they were really starting to reel. They'd played really well first half. And to be fair, they were a class team, Paul. Yeah. You know, they're going in the Champions League the next year. But, um, yeah, we thought we had them. And then the, the, the sort of sending off changed things. Put them, give them a, a foothold back in the game. Barry, have you watched that one? You've obviously not watched it back, but do you remember watching Celtic in Seville? Yeah, no, yeah. listen, it's one of the ones where... They, they do ever so well I mean so many teams that, that Lenny says they come up against and beat and we were similar we come up against Werder Bremen your Sporting Lisbon's um, Fiorentina's um, really good teams with, with top players and you work so hard to get there and when you get there you just fall at the final hurdle it's a it's a sore it's one to take. yeah it is and I mean after it and mate, what made it even worse for me was it was a former Rangers manager that was managing oh, Zenit and he's, after it he's over saying unlucky and cud- yeah. cut, try to cuddle me and I was ready to wrap him <laughs> <Yeah>. one <laughs> Mourinho did the same with us we were like oh, I know yeah. it, was, it was doing my head in um, and then just to see the amount of fans who had obviously travelled down to the game and be in the stadium yeah. and obviously mm-hmm. the 200 odd thousand that were outside in Manchester you, you just feel you let them down as well and thinking of that year for you, Neil, uh, Ewood Park then, you went down there, and Graham Sinus, who was amazing last week, wasn't he? Raising was at 1.2 oh, million. Yeah. Swimming the channel, 70 years old. He looks amazing. I saw Doesn't him a couple it? of weeks ago, yeah. and I've done a lot of work with Graham over yeah. the years in Champions League telly and that. Yeah. Well, just some guy. Brilliant, you know, just it? a brilliant pundit as well. It, just is. just a, a brilliant guy to know, like, you know what yeah. I mean? But, but that is incredible what he's done, Paul. And what about that night then? Neil, take us back to Yeah, that. it was great. Yeah. I mean... Um, we didn't play particularly well in the first game 1-0 but they had a good team they had Dwight York and Andy Cole mm, yeah. Henning Berg Damien Duff I think they were third in the Premier League at the time and um, we go to Ewood Park and we played them up we were brilliant that night Henrik yeah. got the goal early and Ewood Park had never seen anything like it because just I mean it was phenomenal the crowds outside Ewood Park like you know and then what about Anfield then? Anfield was awesome yeah. that was that was one of the real highlights in my career when Big John scores the second one I'm right behind it you're thinking we've got this, like you know, we're three one up, two away goals, and you know there's like 15 minutes to go, but you know we've done them, like you know, and we played great. What a feeling that it's, it's mm. the feel, and Barry knows this. It's the feeling, no money can bet. You know that feeling that you get after winning big games like that's just incredible. Because the big English clubs expect to beat the Scottish club, don't they, Barry? Yeah, I think they look down on. They do, yeah. Yep, I, I think they look down on us up here, and I've seen it, uh, Paul. And Lenny's seen it as well. I've seen players come up yeah. from England and struggle. Think it's going to be easy, yep. don't they? And yeah. they struggle up here. Because, uh, listen, technically it might not be the best league, but I tell you what, see if you, you're not prepared, certainly away from home to roll your sleeves up and work hard, you're going to get found out. Peter Grant often says on this show, Neil, he says that the hardest clubs to play for in terms of the demands are Man United, Celtic and Rangers. I wouldn't disagree with that because when I was at Leicester... And you go to Old Trafford and you're playing again back in Keane gig schools. You re- subconsciously raise your game, Paul, because you want to play against the best and show you can. And you're coming up against teams who g- give it everything, right? And then the following week, we'll probably go to Wimbledon and lose 2 0. 
So they have to, and I, I experienced that from my own side of it when I went to Celtic. Every team that comes to Celtic Park or plays against you, they find that extra 10, 20% because they want to beat you, they want to play against the best. Same for Rangers, you know, when they were at their pump. Mm -hmm. You know, even us, like, you know, wanted to beat them and play our best against them. Week in, week out, you come up against that and people don't realise that. They think it's easy yeah. and it's far from it. And it's only when you actually go to a big club and experience the other side of it, you realise that not just about playing well every week, but winning. Yeah, I always say it. See, like, new players coming in. When we were going out, certainly at Ibrox, I said, you've got 10 minutes. See, if you don't <laughs> produce the goods... <laughs> They'll be on you. That that's just the way it is. You're under pressure straight away, and if you don't get that goal or you start slightly or, or, or whatever, and you don't play your best stuff, the the, the fans are, are are on top of you, and you've got to have thick skin, broad and shoulders. I, we've seen some really good players crumble mm -hmm. in that environment. You know, both both sides. You know, I'm not going to name them, but I've seen people physically wilt under the pressure or the the tension of that sort of demand. Do you ever get that high again in football? Sorry? Playing with Celtic or Rangers. I'll ask Barry in a second. Did you ever get the same high? As a manager? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. winning you know, winning your first title. Um, where beat, were you? Where did you clinch it? Kilmarnock. You know, right. it was oh, yeah. great there for me and Nakamura. It was really, really special. Um, and obviously the Champions League, you know, beating Barcelona is, you know, one of the highlights of my life, never mind my career league. You know, that was just an awesome feeling but then like when you're a coach you start thinking right we'll beat Barcelona so we need him in the next game yeah. there's no point in beating Barcelona and then not qualifying and that's the way your mind works and then it's only later on down the line you can sort of really take it all in Phenomenal Barry isn't it when you think of these huge games beating Barcelona um, but You won the League Cup didn't you in England Yep Yeah yep. Uh, mm -hmm. Birmingham City yep. yeah. We beat Arsenal um, and I'll, I'll never forget It's this. awesome isn't it Yeah see the, the, the build up Everything was no. Have you you have your press day or mm. whatever? Normally it's absolute chalk a block. Mm. The press had written us written off, off, and it was all about Arsenal. And, and do you know what? We we were fine with that. Look, we weren't a a brilliant football team, but what we had is we had real good professionals, guys who knew the game, guys like Stephen Carr, mm. Lee Boyer, guys yeah. who'd been about. Um, and we had a game plan going into that, trying to frustrate Arsenal. We knew they would keep the ball, but see, as long as we were solid. And we made sure every single guy in that pitch knew their job inside out. We took them right to the end and, and we won it in the best way. We won with the last kick of the ball. Um, what did you call him again? What not that Amakachi, was it? Obi Femi Martins. Obi Femi Martins, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it. Mm. And nothing like... beats playing up here, but yeah. look, yeah. I went down, I remember Birmingham Aston Villa, which is a big, big derby. I remember them saying to me, here, listen, where you find the noise here and the atmosphere? <laughs> Doesn't even touch a Rangers and Celtic game, and they all want to come up here, don't they? As Neil yeah, said earlier listen, on, I've yeah. brung so many players up, and that's the first thing when you get into the dressing room. What's your firm game like? I want you to take me to one, and as I said earlier on, Paul, you've got the Rangers fans, you've got the Celtic fans, and then uh, we would come up the night before the game, and then we would have to get two minibuses because obviously some were going to the Celtic end, and yep. obviously some were going to the Rangers end, but. I always, I just sat down and I had, I always looked to the side and their, their they were just in awe of the occasion. Yeah. They just could not believe the noise and the atmospheres, uh, the atmosphere. Sorry, at both Ibrox and Celtic Park. Just thinking, you're mentioning Birmingham against uh, Aston Villa. Villa. How do you feel about John McGinn? You must be proud because oh, he was was one of your players at Hibs boy. when you won the title. Just so happy for him, like and um, 
great kid, um, exceptional player. You know, he was brilliant for me, and he's going to have a. I see, he signed a new contract there, yeah. so he must mm -hmm. be really happy. But I mean, he, the, the Villa fans love him, but no wonder his, his performances this season again were outstanding. He's a great, great player, and he's been brilliant for Scotland as mm -hmm. well. You know, his goal tally's you know he's yeah. in the well in the team. Am I yeah. saying when see when he left St. Mun? Like, I, I, he, he was without a club for what was it a month or no, something? No, I don't know. I no, thought no, Hibs bought him for hundred grand. Or did or they buy him? Aye. Um, I don't know what I read. I read something okay. that there was. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm. What a steal um, though, Barry. He's yeah, a funny, funny lad. Yeah. Listen, yeah. can Is I just he? say? Yeah. I, I think he's got better and yeah. better and better. Yeah. I always thought John McGinn was a good player. I'll be honest with you. Hibs, uh, I thought he was good, but I think he's went down. He went down into the Championship with Aston Villa, and I just think he's grew into a. A top midfielder um, for not just Aston Villa, but for Scotland, he's such an important player. I for thought Scotland. he would go to one of the top clubs. Yeah, you know, he might still do, Paul. You know what I mean? Mm. A Man United or you know somebody like that because he definitely could play at that level. But he's a funny boy. He seemingly does impressions of me when I'm not there. Oh, does he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I gave him a rollicking one night. Yeah. Uh, we were on a good run the championship. We're playing something, and his brother's playing for the. Yeah, Stephen, Stephen. Was playing. Yeah, and they beat us two 0 and they were comfortable. Yeah. And then he made the fatal mistake of coming up to me and asking, could he could he leave from the, the stadium and yeah. go home with the family? I said, go home with the family. Yeah. He said, yeah. best player in the in the league, you? Yeah. He said, you're not even the best player in your own house. I said, when you get in that car the night, it'll be the closest you get to your brother all night. So he always oh. reminds me of it, like, you know what I mean? Always. And Stephen will remind us, he's back on this week with us. He's oh, great Stephen, to work with. Stephen's yeah. on the show here, uh, yeah. He's a cracking guy. John's, a, John's yeah. a brilliant boy. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant boy. You're not even the best player in the family. That's <laughs> yeah. brilliant, isn't it? Like he never lets yeah. me forget it. Like, were you sorry he didn't come to Celtic for maybe yeah. just a few hundred thousand? No, you know, the, I mean, the, the it would have been, um, no. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But he's going to do, I don't think, I think there's time for him to come back to Celtic eventually mm -hmm. if, if that's what he wants to do. But I think he's in a great place at the minute. And the move to Villa's turned out to be brilliant for him, not just domestically, but internationally as well. Who's going to win next season? I'm going to ask Neil Lennon and Barry Ferguson. We're going to look forward to the new season, which isn't that far away. The old season went on and on. We're back with Neil Lennon, Barry Ferguson next. The Go Radio Football Show, building up to the new season. Let's go! Remember, wherever you get your podcast, you can come back and hear the last uh, hour and 40 minutes. Barry Ferguson and Neil Lennon. It's the first time you've appeared together, isn't it? Barry on, yep. on radio, yes. television or wherever. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I've seen you, Buzz. Yeah. No, a few, a few years ago. Mm. Before Pre COVID, I'd probably say. Probably, yeah. The COVID season that uh, everyone remembers so well. Uh, this coming season then, uh, during the break, it's great to chat about some of the things. But, uh, you noticed, Neil, that uh, Robbie Keane is back, uh, he's in football management. Yeah, he's going to Tel Aviv. So, I'll be his first coaching role as a head yeah. coach. He was in with Big Sam there towards the end of the season at Leeds. Yeah. Good lad, Robbie. I think he was, um, he was part of the Irish setup as well. Um, yep. What a player he was, by the way, Paul. He was, wasn't he? Oh, what a footballer! Can you he imagine, was absolutely brilliant. You'd love to have been his agent. All the transfers. Well, I'd, um, yeah. I'd, I coached him for about eight or nine games after Tony Mowbray left, and Robbie was at Celtic, and he was just fantastic, great lad as well. So, I wish him all the best on that. Well, that's an interesting one going out there. So it's a, a big step. I'm, I'm sure one he'll be ready for. Angela's on asking Neil where are you going to go next we heard about maybe Greece I don't think that happened yeah I was close to getting the Olympiacos job yeah. but that's um, it's going to a Spanish coach so just I don't know don't know where football takes you next I mean I had a great time in Cyprus you know for the, the yeah. time you really won the good. cup 
Yeah, yeah it was a great experience. That was a great feeling. You know, yeah. when you talk about the feelings, yeah. you know, to go and win a trophy in a different culture, a different football environment was great. And then, you know, we got qualified for the Europa League. And, I was just about uh, to say that. I watched the game at Old Trafford. United and that, yeah. like, yeah. you know. I thought you were, were decent that Yeah, night. we, we, oh, look, we not were... Not the way you were set up. I'm not saying that you were dominated. But we the had, we had the Barry uh, play that way, uh, you know, because, you know, such, you know... We played them in um, Nicosia and it was... Um, and I noticed a big change in Man United. They lost the derby to City 6-3. Do you remember Holland yeah. scoring Foden? Mm. And then they were playing us on the Thursday... And I thought, well, they're going to make changes and that, like, but they came full Buna, Ronaldo, Casemiro, De Gea, the whole lot, like, you know, McTominay, and their attitude was unbelievable. They beat us 3 2, but their attitude was fantastic. I thought there was Rashford, you know, Martial. I was really surprised because you get this impression of Man United over the last few years of being sulky, yep. you know, under Ranyuk, they were a mess. Mm -hmm. I think Ten Hag's come in and turned the whole thing around, like, you know, I was really impressed with them. And then, um, Going looking for the players after the game, Paul. I couldn't find any of them. They were all on the bus when we were getting photographs of Ronaldo. I said, boys, we're playing really? them in two weeks' time at Old Trafford. <laughs> and my goalkeeper's a massive Man United fan. And he's yeah. like coming in with three or four shirts. I'm thinking, oh, we're doomed. And he had the game of his life out. And he, he, he did a Fraser Foster yeah. for me. He made save after save. And I just thought, I didn't think we were going to hold on. Though. They just didn't have the game management body to be able to see it through. But um, great experience, like, you know. Fraser Foster, why didn't he sign? Just a couple. So that I don't know. Like, you know when I get yeah. it, when I see him again, I'm going to wring his neck for not coming back again. But he's yeah. what a, what a goalkeeper he was for me over two periods. He was unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. And that's it's real key to management. I think goalkeepers are worth a weight in gold. Honestly, real good goalkeepers. You know they're worth about ten, twelve points to a season. And if you go through all the the years, if you think of Schmeichel and uh, for Fergie and you know like. Peter Cech and, you know, David Seaman, all these great goalkeepers, they're worth their weight in gold. And he was an unbelievable uh, goalkeeper for me over two spells. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of Lazio, I think of the League Cup final against Rangers, I think of Barcelona, I think of some... He made saves other goalkeepers yeah. couldn't make. You know, he's fabulous. And then the flip side of that is McGregor. You know, he yeah. broke my heart a few times, like, with some wonderful saves, you know, even in his late 30s. Mm. That, that, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Jack Buckland has got big gloves to fill. Massive. Yeah. Um, he'll be under a, a, a fair bit of pressure because first and foremost Fraser Foster that cup final um, he, he was unbelievable that, that, that game and um, Alan McGregor what, what a goalkeeper people I, do you know what annoyed me last year some people were coming on and criticising Alan McGregor because he made one or two mistakes but see the problem is is that good yeah. they're no use to it yeah. and if he makes a mistake it's highlighted but he was a a phenomenal uh, goalkeeper. I thought he got better as he got older. Yeah, Barry. he was. He, he was brilliant. His second. I mean, that was a free transfer. Sign him. By Stephen Gerrard. Him and Steve Davis cost nothing. Mm. Um, but Alan McGregor was unbelievable, and hopefully enjoys his retirement. But Jack Butland, he's at a good age. The only problem with Jack Butland is he's not played for the last couple Game of years. Yep, he's not had a a lot of games. Um, so he'll need to come up here and hit the ground running. But I was with Jack. At Birmingham he was a young goalkeeper coming through one thing is he's a big frame he is a big boy um, he fills the goals um, but as I said my only question mark is how sharp is he going to be because we all know listen you can train as much as you want or whatever but it's all about playing, ga uh, playing games of football Neil at Celtic Joe Hart what about the last two seasons since he came in couldn't get a game down south 75 England caps we all know what a class keeper he is but how good has he been for Celtic? He's been great, you know, um, seamless, you know, and 
you know, he's played in a, a dominant team, obviously, but um, Joe's had a stellar career, you know. And again, when he makes mistakes, it's highlighted because he doesn't make that many. You know, he's been a great signing for Celtic. And again, really important, you know, that experience with the back four and just that presence around the place as well. It's really important. What kind of season? Sorry, by are you going to come in? I thought you were going to jump in. No, there. I, yeah. again, similar to what Lenny says there, like. There's been a few Celtic fans on here, no fancying Joe Hart. That's one of the positions that they think Celtic need to go and strengthen. I mean, again, Joe Hart, free transfers. Again, he's made a couple of mistakes, but it's a position that's highlighted when you do make a, yeah. a mistake. And I, I think he's been a, a really good signing for... And I said it, Paul, didn't I? I played with Joe at Birmingham. And one thing about Joe is, he's not just a top goalkeeper, brilliant. See in the dressing room? Oh, big personality, big character, demands... Um, off players and that's one of the the reasons why Celtic probably signed them Neil it'd be wrong not to ask you what about Ange Postacoglu two years he's come he's gone five out of six trophies he found players like Jota Cameron Carter-Vickers the list could go on what do you feel about him? I ah, did a fantastic job and not only you know the, the winning it was a style that the, the played as well Paul you know it was just all out you know fast attacking free flowing football and, um, you know, he came unheralded. You know, a lot of people were sort of mocking him when he came in. And, um, well, they're not mocking him now, are they? You know, so he's gone on at 58 to get a, you know, a plum job in the Premier League. And uh, you can't wish him but nothing but the best. You know, he's a, I don't know if you've met him, but he's a great guy. I've you know, had a few conversations with him over the time and um, really down-to-earth bloke, you know, so I wish him well. How will he do, do you think? It's going to be difficult. Like, you, know, you know, he's not going to have the same winning sort of streak that you have up yeah. here. And you look at the likes of Chelsea, you'd expect them to improve next season. You'd expect um, Liverpool to improve. Then you've got the top four. So it's going to be very difficult for him to break into that top six this year. Barry, what do you feel? I think his style of football will suit Tottenham. I think that's what the Tottenham fans demand. Um, really attack-minded, and that's the way he, certainly Celtic players um, or the Celtic team played the game. Again, we, we were lucky enough. Big Oz, obviously, played under him. So we get a bit of insight what it was going to be be like. And um, he never got off to a great start, but one thing about him is he won trophies and that's what you're judged on um, in, in Scotland. And to be fair, his record in the transfer market, he brought a lot of Japanese players over um, and they, they, they've certainly impressed. And it was always going to happen. If you do well up here, clubs come calling and he's took an opportunity to go down to Tottenham and probably... Or dribbling his, his salary yeah you can't blame him but he's, yep. I mean he's at an age he's in his late 50s mm -hmm. and yep. you know he's sort of burst onto the scene here in the UK and you it's know, life changing for yeah of course yep. it is we're professionals at the end of the day yeah. you know and you have to look after yourself and your family as well and you know it's a massive step up now you know I'm not saying a massive step up from club size in terms of Celtic but in terms of the quality of team he's going to come up against week in week out you know, it's going to be a real challenge for him. And whether he can maintain that style of play for every game, Paul, remains to be seen. Kieran's been on from Plains and he's asking, Neil, could you see yourself going to the Middle East? They're throwing so much money just now, you know, at players and at management. Stephen Gerrard was talked about. I don't think it's happening I had now. an opportunity to go a few years ago, but uh, declined it. And um, I'm just not sure if it's a fad at the minute, Paul, or if yeah. it's going to be mm -hmm. here to stay. I mean, 10 years ago, it was China. Yeah. Everyone was going out to China. And I don't think Saudi Arabia will go bust the way the Chinese football did out there but uh, again not for me at the minute I pref you know I like Europe and that you know and I love the UK so yeah. you know that, that would be my preference if 
you had a preference. Yeah. But if they came and offered me 200 million, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> <laughs> 118, no, I was just about yeah. to say, so many money that's yeah. getting talked it's about. Yeah. Eye watering. Crazy amounts of, of money. Um, no, just for managers, that's for what they're going for. Yep, you know, exactly. There's Neves leaves, um, yeah. Yeah. leaves Wolves in his prime exactly. and goes to Saudi Arabia. I, I don't get it, unless the money is something that he couldn't turn down. He's certainly not going for the football because I think he could have went to Barcelona or he could stay in the Premier League and I don't think the Saudi Arabia League is anywhere near as strong as the Premier League at the minute. Could you see yourself managing back in Scotland? Yeah, you never start. Yeah, definitely. I love Scotland, love Scottish football. But a brilliant, great memories, great time, great experiences. So yeah, you'd never close the door on that. I had a few offers already, mm. you know, but it just wasn't the right time or the right project for me. So we'll see. Were you surprised that Barry uh, came through the hard way? Oh, you know, off, we, you talked about it in the office. What were you saying to Barry? You yeah. know, I, you know, I admire him for doing it. I remember Paul Ince doing it at Macclesfield mm -hmm. as well, and Saul Campbell doing it. At, at, you know, yeah, at the lower. Sure. It's really, really tough because you're used to working and playing, and as a player with elite level players, and he was an elite level player himself. So, yeah, he did a great job with Clyde and Kelty, but um, I don't know if I'd have the patience for working with players at that level at this stage of my career but he did a great job I have to say and I admire him for it Was it tough in many ways Barry because you know, you're so used to playing yeah, five star Yeah it's, it's tough um, as Lenny just mentioned there you get frustrated as well but also on the flip side that you've got to understand the guys have got a job during mm -hmm. the day but I was trying to be as professional as possible and maybe I was just a bit too hard but I just felt the time is right it, it come out and I'm enjoying this side of it I'm enjoying the media the media side of it um, and you must be crazy to want to manage <laughs> I mean because I'm looking at guys for instance at Bournemouth done a fantastic sure. job didn't they? yeah 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 brilliant yeah, yeah, job yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, brilliant yeah. job Gary and Neil done keeping them in the Premier League yeah. to be honest with you I watched Bournemouth and they were, they were pretty decent and then he gets a he gets a sack at half twelve, and they bring in an, another manager. Um, yeah, the thing is, for Gary, he'd go again. Yeah, right? I, would like, got, I would hope he's got credit in the bank. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't fancy him to stay up, but I thought they were going to go down, and he did a remarkable job keeping them up. And nothing surprises you in football, like you know. But I was taken aback by that yeah. decision, Barry. You know why replace him when he'd done such a a brilliant job? Do you remember they got beat nine 0 early on in the season? Yeah. Scott Parker said, mm -hmm. I "Haven't got the players." Mm -hmm. Scott left. Gary took over and he kept them up quite comfortably so he's got plenty of credit in the bank I think, I think he'll come again but the way they handled it, it it's not a good look Your biggest high Neil Lennon of all your years in football I'm going to ask the lowest point as well um, Should we go to the lowest point first? Probably the, the Covid yeah. year yeah. you know so sure. you know out of the 14 seasons player, coach, manager whatever I won 10 titles 3 out of the 4 that I lost were on the last day of the season so you can imagine, like I've been there, thereabouts, every, more or less every year, Paul, and then to have that COVID year and the way it went. So that, that's a real low point. Some of the highlights, I played in the playoff final for Leicester against Crystal Palace. Yeah. And I was watching the one this year, Coventry Luton, and I'm sitting there going, yeah. God, I played in that 27 years oh ago. My goodness. Yeah. And you're thinking, where's the time going? <laughs> and that was, we scored in you the won. last minute of extra time. And the, the just the whole time of it and the, the ride back from... London to Leicester, it was just magic like. And then, you know, some great highlights with Celtic and um, won two League Cups with Leicester. It's really hard to sort of pin down your favourite one. Probably, yeah, that moment when you know you're going to the European final, you know, when you're coming off the pitch at Boa Vista, Boa Vista. that, was, that yep. was pretty special. The way back from Portugal. Barry, for you, your highest... My highest point, yeah. play, playing, just playing with my boyhood team. 
mm. that I, I grew up supporting and probably the, the biggest bit for me was getting handed the the armband at a young age where I've got to be honest the, the guys round about me and in the dressing room the more experienced ones were brilliant with me if I, if I was unsure about something they were there to, to tap into um, the lowest point was probably the Scotland debacle that ultimately ended my Scotland career and my, my Rangers career Maximus has been on don't know if that's his real name I think it's Frank <laughs> saying <laughs> yeah, yes honestly he's, he's listening in Rome at the moment wow. and he says um, to you Neil and to Scott Brown you drew a huge celebration with the Celtic fans in time because of that Covid year uh -huh. he obviously yeah I felt for uh, Brownie yeah. like you know really fell from because of the way it ended for him and uh, just how much he had given to the club in that like you know he was just a fantastic player and a fantastic captain like you know so yeah he is due a, he's definitely due a big send you know a big um, reception hopefully he get, he get it one day but he's doing really well at Fleetwood surprised mm -hmm. me you know I have to say again took the plunge in League One and had a really good season, first season as a coach. He came on the show a few weeks ago and Barry uh, Maximus is not forgetting you. He said two amazing gladiators on Go Radio tonight. Genuinely, he just sent it from... Gladiator. Rome. First yeah, time called you a gladiator. Yeah. First time I've been called a gladiator. Did you watch that on Saturday night? <laughs> I used to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that one? Yeah. So well, the gladiators. The gladiators. Yeah, I like the film. Yeah. So oh, they're, they're bringing a new one in. Okay. You couldn't better that one though, could you? Oh, it was yeah. awesome. Like You know what I mean? Oh, What's your all-time favourite film? Scent of a Woman. Al Pacino. You know, he does a speech at the end, yeah, Paul. Of course. Wow, it just gets me every time, man. Shawshank Redemption. Oh, it's like another classic. It's a wee bit like that in here, isn't it? The way they've changed it here with the, yep. the logos behind. Listen, that's the two hours have come and gone. Neil, thanks so much for joining Pleasure. Barry and myself tonight. Good to Enjoy see you. It. Will you come back again? I certainly will, yeah. Unless you're back in management, which uh, hopefully you will be well, soon. Well, you never know. You never know. Barry, do you think he is mad? He did say that last... <laughs> yeah, listen, yeah. It's, in, it's in you. Some, yeah. some people make decisions to to no manage and maybe go a different route but when he's still got that drive he still wants to manage yeah, and I'm sure it, in time um, the right club will If you will lose the drive up. if you lose the anger then there's no point in doing it anymore and I think you know I've still got plenty in me I've always been an angry man anyway Paul you know that <laughs> And you've always been so kind I mean it's like Barry when I had met Barry but not often I met you in Dalit Channel once you couldn't have been nicer you came over I thought he's coming over to and then with you and the things you did both of you charity wise I remember yeah, but sometimes you. you're portrayed in the media yeah, as a certain man. And look, to be honest with you I played on it you yeah. know because it's it suited me mm. but people you know when you the higher up the food chain you go the better people are I always feel because they've been mm. there and done it all and they're quite comfortable in their own skin and Barry's just exactly like that Brilliant. Thanks very much, both of you. Cheers, Paul. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Paul. Cheers, Good luck. The Go Radio Football Show, building up to the new season. Let's go!